Minehead Baptist Church Sermon Podcast for Sunday the 1st of May 2022. Hello and welcome, thank you once again for joining me, my name's James and I'm the web guy here at NBC. This week Paul continued our series looking at a key truth, with choosing to believe the truth. The reading is Hebrews chapter 11 verses 1 to 6. So we'll go and join Paul as he's introducing the service. Good morning everyone and welcome to Minehead Baptist Church. You're welcome if this is the first time you've ever been here. You're among family and you're among friends. And this morning, this morning's service contains something which, in my opinion, is always a wonderful time when young life is going to be blessed and dedicated and we're going to thank the Lord for his life. It's been interesting writing that thing this week when you think of the life of life. But the reality is, nonetheless, we're going to come and give thanks to the Lord in a while. Just also wanted to give two short notices to you as well. First of all, to say, uh, for if you're a church member here, please note that there's been a date change for our May members meeting. It's now going to be held on Tuesday the 24th of May in the evening at 7 o'clock here. The Tuesday the 24th at 7 is our next church members meeting. Please, could you make every effort to attend? Secondly, to say uh, on Saturday the 14th of May, we have the Christian Aid Week Rainbow Fair down at the Methodist Church in the Avenue. Friends, we urgently need someone to take hold of and be responsible for our table at the fair this year. Without someone to do that, we won't be able to have a table ourselves. If you are able to coordinate for us um, a coloured table, and this year we have purple, Uh, Please can you see myself or Simon Dorrell urgently? And by urgently I mean today if you can, or tomorrow if not. Lastly but not leastly, just to say in terms of celebration in the town, on Thursday the 2nd of June to Sunday the 5th of June, the churches churches in Minehead, Christians together, sorry, in Minehead, are holding a flower festival at the Methodist Church. And we're going to be part of that. Alwyn is going to spearhead our effort to provide a flower arrangement around the Queen's garden party theme. Now, dear church, you have two options. The first option is we help Alwyn. We think of the flowers in our garden and we raid it uh, for things that are really useful. But before you go cutting anything, please have a word with Alwyn so we make sure we get this flower arranging looking as it should do. Or your second option is not to help. The challenge with the second option, if you don't help, is it's me doing the flower arranging. (laughs) So I urge you, strongly urge you, to have a word with Alwyn afterwards and see if there's anything in your garden that can help us express as a church the reality of thankfulness to God over the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. Friends, it's good to gather and be a part of everything in church. And I know Mark's going to mention this a bit later, so you might get this twice, but we've got a church away weekend away at Lee Abbey. It's on the 4th to 6th of November. It's not just for the members of this church. It's a church family weekend. So actually, for everyone, online or in here, in this building, if you're associated with the church, if you're not, and you just want to come and find out more about Minehead Baptist Church, if you um, want to come along for the first time and see how mad we are as a group of people together, then please come along. And I'm going to make a plea on behalf of the church, and I know the treasurer is here listening to me, don't let money be the barrier to you coming. We've got some... We've got some uh, forms uh, like these here, the, the weekend away forms, that will tell you all the details. But please do not let money be the barrier. But rather come and speak to myself or Mark, or speak to Margaret in the office, and we'll talk about the options. Because it is always good to meet as brothers and sisters in Christ and to worship the Lord. Amen? Yeah. Well, you're not so sure. Amen? Yeah. Thank you, brothers and sisters in Christ. Yes, God, you are our saviour. God, you are my healer. God, you are our deliverer. And yes, he is. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'd like to take your seats. 
Friends, sometimes it's right and proper that we kind of alter the way we do things and sometimes it's refreshing when we do things in a different way. This morning we're going to share communion. We're going to come to that point of dedicating life to God while our children are here. This is a family time and a family event. And I want to remind you that this table is a family table too. Jesus invites all who love him or who love him a little and want to love him more to come and be part of the meal that we share around this table. And so we're going to do that. We're going to come, we're going to pray for our family, our church family, and then we'll break bread together. So let's come in a simple prayer, reminding ourselves who the Lord is and what he's done. Father God, we come to this table of your son. We come to you, you who know our hearts and our very being, you who know what we desire, you who know the secrets that are hidden from everybody else, you who know our thoughts, you who inspire us with the Holy Spirit. We come, Lord, because we want to love you, magnify your holy name. Give you the praise and the honour and the glory. We come and acknowledge that we are only able to come because he loved us and gave himself for us. We come as a church family to meet the risen Christ, acknowledging as we do so that we're his body and he is our Lord. We come through Christ our Lord. Amen. Friends, it's right that as we gather, we also pray. So I just want to pray now for, uh, just for a moment for our church family and then invite Amanda to come as one of our church family and pray as well. Let's give God all in our church who need our prayers at this time. Father, we acknowledge that life sometimes means that we're not in the best of health or we're awaiting results of tests or things happen to us that shake us and rock us. We bring ourselves before you with our frailties and bring before you this morning all in this church family who need our prayers. All those, Lord, who even in church this morning have found themselves feeling unwell. I pray, Lord, for those, for the person that applies to at the moment, that you would lift her up, heal her, strengthen her, give her your grace and surround her with your love. That she may in this moment feel the healing touch of the Lord. And in her healing and the testimony that follows, that you may be glorified. Friends, I invite you to bring before the Lord those in this fellowship, in this church family, those that you know on your heart need our prayers. And even by just saying their name, bring them before the Lord. Lord, as you write names on our hearts, give us prayers for those who are suffering this morning. We pray that for all that we have named before you, you, Lord, will be their inspiration, their peace, their grace, their calm, their love. That you, in their moment of need, will be their support and their provider. In Jesus' name we pray. 
We said, friends, this was a table of family. It is as family that we come when we're at our most needy, at our most vulnerable. When others around us, those we know and love, have that need. Amanda's going to come and lead us in prayer. I know this is tough, Amanda, because it's personal to your family. But I invite you, dear church, to pray with Amanda and myself. Okay, I just want to ask for um, you guys to join me in prayer for my six-month-old grandson. He's got um, severe food intolerances that have made him bleed internally. So um, I believe he's even allergic to the milk that they have when they're allergic to milk. So, um, yeah, so... I believe in a God that heals. I know um, personally he's healed me from stuff and people close to me. So, yeah, so Heavenly Father, we just come before you. We know that you're a God that heals. We pray, Father, that you would heal Jackson's allergies, that you would heal his stomach, that, Lord, you would give his mum and dad wisdom. Lord, I know how stressful it can be for any parent with child of allergies, and I just want to bring them to mind now and just pray, Lord, for all children that suffer in this way. And Father God, I just want to pray for this little family, that you would not only bring physical healing, but you would bring the emotional healing that's needed, Lord, that you would bring them together and I pray for redemption, for restoration and for salvation for this little family. In Jesus' name, Amen. (laughs) Father, we believe in supernatural God that heals. We believe in the battle that is won, which is about the powers of this world versus the powers of God himself. And we proclaim over Jackson the reality that you have won. You are healing God. And we cry out to you, heal this little boy, Lord. That even in his unknowing, you may be known to him. Lord, my prayer is not just that he would be healed, but of course I pray that. But also that in the healing of the moment, Throughout his life, you would be known to him. And he would follow you through the waters of baptism, proclaiming, look at what my saviour has done. And Lord, I accept that's a prayer of the supernatural. So heal, I pray. Not for my sake, but for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Friends. Jesus gave thanks before he broke bread. And so do we. Loving God, we praise and thank you for the love that you've shown us in Jesus Christ. We give thanks for this bread and wine, symbols of our world, signs of your transforming love. Send your Holy Spirit, we pray, that we may be renewed into the likeness of Jesus Christ and formed into his body. This we pray. In his name and for his sake. Amen. Will all those who are distributing communion this morning come forward for me? If we have no one come forward, would anyone that like to do this come forward? Oh, well, there we go. Someone sorted that. Thank you. Jesus took bread and you can imagine him looking at it and as he does so he lifted it and as he lifted it he broke it with the words this is my body which is for you do this in memory of me friends we're going to take the bread and as we receive it we will eat a sign that he did this for you So eat and be grateful. Amen.
In the same way, he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant sealed by my blood. Whenever you drink this, do this in memory of me. We'll keep the little glass of wine that we receive, and just to let you know, and it's non-alcoholic wine. Um, and we'll drink together as a sign that we do it in memory of him. Drink this and remember that Christ's blood was shed for you and be thankful. Amen. Your death, O Lord, we commemorate. Your resurrection we confess. Your final coming we await. Glory be to you, O Christ, our Lord. Amen. Friends, it's lovely to be able to do something around this communion table that speaks of family. And we're going to do that now with Stephen and life and blessing. I didn't tell you this before because I didn't want to make you nervous. But the truth is, all the times I've done blessings of children and dedications, only once has the child not cried. <laughs> and she was four. So, and her name was Faith. So the reality is, it doesn't matter. But we've come to bring life before God. And I'm going to invite Stephen and Life and Blessing and Lydia and Lester to come and join me. Come on, come on forward. Hey. Now, I, 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 if you come literally forward, because guess what? He's the star of the show. I'm sorry, Dad, but he's... <laughs> and, and his name's Life. And if you don't know who Life is, this is Life. And I'm going to ask Mum to do the best she can to give everyone a quick peek. <laughs> it's a blessing to you both, I know. Friends, we don't do this in isolation. In the name of Jesus Christ, we welcome you. Stephen, bless in life. Because today is the day we want to give God thanks for the life of life. Stephen and Blessing have come here to thank God for him and to seek God's help in his upbringing. Lydia and Lester have come to support them and come to give their promise that they'll support life. As he grows. But we as a church family are here too. And we'll promise and make the dedication that this will always be a place where children are welcome and nurtured and grow. And then we're going to ask God's blessing on life and pray for him, for the church's work with children and indeed for children in need throughout the whole world. But of course this is all done in prayer around the Lord's table. So I'm going to invite the whole church and everyone online to join me and to pray for life. Let's pray. Living Lord, you are the source of all life. No one is born and no one dies without you, your knowledge. No one is born and no one dies outside your love. We thank you for the birth of life, for his new life and all the potential which rests in him. We also thank you for the love that brought him to life and which continues to surround him today. We know how much he depends on those who care for him, how frail and small he is. But we believe that you'll give his parents and those who support him and all his church family all the wisdom, patience and skills which we'll need. We thank you for all of the gifts and talents which will be revealed in life as he grows. And we present to him now with all our thanks and all our praise. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Jesus has some wonderful words to say about children 
And of course, it's a very famous reading, but it's one I'm sure you all know in Mark chapter 10. This is what happens. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw them, he was indignant. He said to them, let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them and blessed them. And this morning we're going to do absolutely what Jesus did. So first we're going to ask Blessing and Stephen some, to repeat some promises for me. They're down there in big print. Hopefully you can either step up to here or Lester's got the mic behind you, whatever works. Um, no idea, but we'll give it a go. So Blessing and Stephen, do you thank God for the gift of life? And do you trust God to help you as parents as you care for him? We do. Yes, we do. Would you try with God's help to share with life your understanding of the Christian faith? We will. We will. Will you bring life up within the family of the church? We We will. Do you promise to surround him with goodness and love and respect? We do. We do. Lester and Lydia, as those who stand here in support of Stephen and Blessing, will you help them as they bring up life? And will you promise to surround him with all that is good and true, sharing with him your Christian faith? We do. With God's help, we will. Either's good. Yes. (laughs) Church, we're going to make a promise ourselves. Do you, the church family at Minehead Baptist Church, promise that there will always be a place for children here? And that you will play... I haven't finished yet. (laughs) And that you will play your part in bringing our children to the knowledge of Jesus Christ as our own Lord, as their own Lord and Saviour. And if that is true... If you are prepared to make that commitment in front of the Lord, would you please stand? And now together we say, we will. Bless you, friends. Please be seated. They stood for you life, but you weren't that impressed, I saw. You are one of God's children, and your name is written on the palm of his hand. He could not be more proud of you if he tried, more in love with you if love was all there was, more your Lord. Full stop. So this morning, life, we say the blessing of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be yours Amen. now and forevermore. Amen. 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 Life, you're still going to stay with me for a moment. I hope that's okay. <laughs> but, but our children have got some gifts they want to come and bring. I think Beverly's going to come and present you with something we hope. We hope it helps you all your life through. We're going to give it to mum and dad. Is that all right? Life, I give you... This Bible, the Word of God, that you may, that your parents may read to you, that you may hear of Jesus who loves you, you, and and that you may grow to love Him as much as He loves you. Oh, amen. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> and we've one more gift for you which Kate is going to come and give you. Life, I give you this candle to remind you that Jesus is the light of the world. May you grow in his light and one day shine for him. Thank you. And so we pray. Father God, we thank you for life. Faithful God, we thank you that in faith and hope 
we have entrusted life to you, his moments of now, his future to come. We thank you that his life stretches out before him and has moments of possibility we could not even imagine. Protect him in the moments of danger. Reassure him in the moments of doubt. Strengthen him as he passes from childhood to youth and then from youth to the life of an adult. Surround him with your love expressed in people who will care for him and give him those who and surround him with those with whom love can be shared. Give him all he needs, you who is his all in all. And grant that when understanding comes, he may confess you as his Lord and Saviour, and may follow you through the waters of baptism, giving glory to God forever and forever. Amen. 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 Now, I'm going to invite the young people of the church. You're going to be on camera if you do this, though, just to let you know. If you want to come and say hello to life, we're going to come down there. Sue's going to come and lead us in some worship. But then I'm going to take him on a trip. You're going to lose him for a little while. And I'm going to take him on a trip around the church so that you, everyone here, can say hello to life. I'm going to go down that way, yeah. Yeah, I won't jump. <laughs> okay. So can I invite you guys to go and take your seats and I'll bring Young Life back to you in a moment. We're going to worship together, Sue, as our young people come and say hello to life. Yeah. If you want to say hello, come and up and say hello. three things I'd like to pray for this morning, um, national, international things. Um, some of you will have heard of the Gideons, the organization that puts Bibles in hotels and sports centers, where it's now called Good News for Everyone. And Good News for Everyone are having their annual conference this weekend, um, which you can do online and, and you can also attend. But I thought it'd be good just to, work, to pray for the work of Good News for Everyone this morning. Lord, we want to thank you for the amazing work that Good News for Everyone or formerly Gideons are still doing. Thank you, Lord, for the Bibles that are placed in schools, prisons, taken to agricultural shows, sports clubs. Thank you, Lord, for the work that they do in Uganda, Peru, Chile, Serbia, Montenegro, Macedonia. And in recent times, the 100,000 Russian and Ukrainian testaments that have been taken to Ukraine and the Russian border. Thank you, Lord, that your word has been spread throughout this world through this amazing organization. Well, Lord, we want to lift this group of folks to you because we recognize that the teams around the country that are distributing New Testaments and the Hope magazine are still struggling to recruit new members. And Lord, we do not want a day to come in this country when your word is not to be found in hotels or schools and sports clubs. So we pray this morning for the opportunity to leave your word in these public places, that it will remain an opportunity in our country. We want to thank you for the placing of, of Bibles in hospitals And I quote a nurse who's recently written, I read the Psalms to COVID patients who were dying alone and had no relatives. So it was natural for me to reach for these Bibles again at this time and to read to my patients who were dying alone. Thank you, Lord, for the testimony of that nurse who found a Bible readily available. Yesterday, in a news report called The Statement of Faith and the Perceptions of Jesus in the UK, 
publishers found that 45% of the UK population believe in the resurrection. That one in three non-Christians, after a conversation with a Christian, wanted to know more about Jesus. That 20% of the UK population still believe that Jesus is God. Father, thank you for the results of this survey. But Lord, it, it is encouraging, but it's also challenging to us. Because Lord, it indicates that we, as your people, need to be more ready to open our mouths and speak of you to people who are hungry to hear about you. Lord, as last week the Parliament debated whether the Prime Minister should be investigated for lying to MPs and misleading the House of Commons. Lord, it was astonishing just how many other MPs used the language of the Bible. Mercy, absolution, redemption. Even quoting Zacchaeus in the House of Commons. Lord, we want to thank you that in this country there is a residue still of Christian witness. And Lord, we just want to pray into that this morning. Lord, that you will inflame this. Lord, you will fan the flames of Christianity in this country once again. We want to thank you for the many Christian MPs we have. And we want to thank you for their courage to quote the scriptures only last week in the House of Commons. Lord, may we hear more of this. And Lord, may we as your people gathered here this morning... Ride the wave of increased spirituality in this country, especially after the last two years of COVID. Lord, people are searching for answers and people want to know. Lord, give us the courage to open our mouths, Lord. We pray for ourselves as well as for the state of our nation. And finally, internationally, we lift to you the work of Christian solidarity worldwide, and particularly the work they're doing in Eritrea, where the government has outlawed Christian denominations for the last 20 years. We lift to you especially the, um, the, the Orthodox Church that has suffered incredible uh, persecution recently. Lord, we, we mourn the death of the, uh, the, the patriarch Antonios, who, after 16 years of detention, has now died. So, Lord, we just lift to you the, the persecuted church this morning, Eritrea, and ask, Lord, this morning for courage for all Christians there and believers. And we ask, Lord, for increased freedom to talk about you and to share our faith in this desperately unchristian country. Amen. Amen. Today's reading is taken from Hebrews chapter 11, reading from verses 1 to 6. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for, and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith he was commended as a righteous man, when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith he still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith Enoch was taken from this life, so that he did not experience death. He could not be found, because God had taken him away, for before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him.
Thank you, Anne, for that scripture reading. Thank you, Steve, for the prayers, because both the reading and the prayers point to one thing, and it's what we're going to talk about today, faith. Or rather, if you uh, know the subject for today in our little plan, it says choosing to believe the truth. Because at one level, faith can be truly defined that way. Last week, we talked about who am I now? Steve said 20% of the UK believe that Jesus rose from the dead. 20% believe that he rose from the dead. If you believe that he rose from the dead, if you accept him as your Lord and Saviour, then you have faith in him. And I want to say to you again, as we said last week, you are friends. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, you are a holy one. You are accepted. You are significant. You are secure. And no amount of mental trickery or words whispered in your ear by the enemy can change that reality. And so this morning I say to you, I say to the one that whispers in your ear and says, your faith is not enough, or you are not good enough, or you get the drift. Be gone. Because the truth is, friend, for those of you that belong to Jesus, I say this. If you ask the question, does God love me? I want to say yes. If you ask the question, if I performed better, had more faith, would God love me more? The answer is no. I want to say to you, if you ask the question, does love, Paul, does God love you more than he loves me? The answer is no, he doesn't. God's love has nothing to do with what we are or what we do. It has everything to do with who he is. It doesn't make a difference whether you perform great one day and mess up the next. God will still love you because that's his nature. God is love. And I am going to murder a good bit of English now for any English teachers. But my best way of summarising this is to say this. He couldn't not love you. And I acknowledge that that's not good in English, but you get my drift, don't you? He couldn't not love you. That's the reality. It's the reality for me and you. And our prayer is it's the reality for young life as well. See, God could not not love life. Another murder. But you get my drift. He couldn't help but love him. So then, how come there are times when we feel that we're so undeserving of God's love? What's all that about? Well, it has everything to do with that reading from Hebrews, particularly verse 6. And without faith, it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Whether we feel that we're deserving or not of God's love has everything to do with faith. The times we feel most unloved, the times when we feel that we've fouled up the most, those are the moments that we really need to demonstrate our faith, believe in God, acknowledge who he is and earnestly Seek him. And we need to stop believing a lie that the world tells us about what faith is. It's supposed to be true, but I don't know if it is. But evidently, supposedly, there was a little boy once who was in... It's always a little boy, isn't it? Who was, I don't know why it's always a little boy, but you get my drift. He was in his Sunday school lesson, and the Sunday school teacher was trying to tell him about faith. And she asked the question... What is faith? And he took a moment to reply, and then his reply, supposedly, is this. Faith is trying hard to believe what you know isn't really true. Hold on a minute. From the world's perspective, it sounds reasonable. And if you don't believe me, think of how atheists might describe Christianity. That we, let's think what they might describe us as. How about this? That we are probably a nice, a bunch of relatively nice people, but we also happen to be misguided fools trying hard to believe in a God who doesn't exist. 
and isn't true. Therefore, that young boy's description of faith fits very nicely in with that view. Thank you very much. But the challenge is that that little boy's statement, however reasonable on the face of it, it might seem, misunderstands faith. Because faith is the opposite of his statement. Faith is about finding out what is actually already true and making a choice to believe it. Friends, here's the deal. I don't believe Jesus Christ died and rose again because I've done some sort of mental gymnastics or I've sat in theological um, lectures and wondered. I don't believe because I think it might be possible. I believe because he rose from the dead. And because he did it, I believe. I hope you see the difference there. I choose to believe what is already true. What about you? Do you choose this morning to believe what is true? Because the reality is, whether I or you believe he did or did not do what scripture says he did, what he actually did, doesn't alter in any way, shape or form the fact that Jesus actually rose. He is risen. That's a declaration of two weeks ago, and it's as true today as it was then. And incidentally, it's as true 2,000 years ago, or whatever the date was he rose, then as it will be on the very day he comes back again to wrap up the world. And it'll be true for eternity. He is risen. And whether you or I believe it has very little to do about whether it's true. In fact, it has nothing to do with it. So the issue of faith is not that we believe, because everybody believes. I want to do that a little experiment this morning to prove that to you. If you drove here this morning, or you were in a car that came here this morning, I promise not to do anything with you when you do this, but can you put your hand in the air? If you used a motor car to get here. Oh, I did. Yep, sorry. (laughs) Okay. Here's the deal. You may be different from me, in which case I am prepared to take the lesson afterwards that you are different and I am wrong. But I went out of my house this morning and I pressed the central locking. Isn't that a great invention? Pressed the central locking and the car opened and the door opened. I had faith that the door would actually open. And I went and sat on the seat and I got that little metal thing we call a key. And bluntly, I didn't pray. I mean, I confess to the brothers and sisters, I did not pray before I started the car. I just assumed it would start. I had faith that it would start. And then I live on a hill. Now I took the handbrake off and I rolled, well I didn't, I put it in gear and I drove to the end of my road. But I had faith that the brakes would work and stop me before I hit the junction. And by the way, incidentally, because I'm here, you can well assume they did. But the reality is, we had faith, didn't we? And what about when we got here? We had faith we could park the car without knocking down those who had walked. Who walked this morning? If you didn't, incidentally, you either walked or you came in the car. If there's another way, please tell me. But who walked? Hand in the air if you walked. You guys got to be so pleased that none of our cars failed. But can you see, we all had faith coming this morning. We put our faith that we, the car would be good or that we walk the right direction, but you get my drift. The issue, therefore, is not whether we have faith, whether we believe. It's what we believe in. That's the critical issue. It's that simple. One thing I've heard a number of times over the years is a statement like this. Oh, if only I could have faith like this person or that person. The saint that's done great things, goes and preaches to thousands at spring harvest, leads worship there, whatever. If only I could have faith like that. Or even, if only I could have faith like you, Paul. As if faith was some sort of mystical thing that one day swoops down and covers us. So are we given a certain amount of faith? And some are destined to have lots and others little. No. Faith is about making a choice to believe that what God says is true and following truth. I've got a great example for you and I am about to do something I have not done and I joke not for 40 years. 
I'm about to confess and apologise to a friend online. I was 18, which is how come it's 40 years. Now you can work out my age. It's 18, I was 18. It was a Friday night. And believe it or not, I know it's hard to looking at me now. I was leading a group of boys at church. I'd become a Christian a couple of years before. We had a Friday evening kind of 9 o'clock to 11 games night. And by games, I don't mean sweet games around the board. I mean like football or that kind of robust male kind of sports stuff. I remember the day particularly because it was a hot evening. And I remembered it because uh, we had a piano in the church hall. That evening... Twice, the football had gone through the front of the piano and taken out the panel in the middle. We'd replaced it twice. I did confess to that. That's not my confession. I should tell you. But when it happened the second time, we thought, what are we going to do? Well, these group of lads, in the corner of this church hall, there was one of those, you know those old PE vaults? Everyone's seen them? They're about, there was one of those. And there was a springboard. And so what they loved it was when we got the springboard and the vaults out and we let them have a go at kind of trying to get over and climbing over. And we decided that would be better because we wouldn't ruin the piano anymore. So that's what we did. I remember thinking, oh, it's really hot in this hall. Thank goodness the window's open. As we set the vault up, sideways on. One of the vaults that they loved to do was a thing called a flying angel. And if you wonder what a flying angel is, you hit the springboard and you do this, you literally fly over the vault like that and someone catches you. Okay? And they then step back and gently guide you to the ground. That's the theory. Now, as a group of 18-year-olds, there was a group of us that ran this club. There were four of us. Um, This is my apology, Dave Stiles. This is for you and my absolute apology to you after 40 years. Um... We were running the group, but the lads knew we messed around a lot. They loved it. So I thought, I genuinely, genuinely thought, as Dave ran towards me, and I stood behind this vault, ready to catch him, as I winked to him, he winked back. And he knew what I was about to do. But as he hit that board, and he went like that, I stepped out of the way. And he literally, sorry Dave, he literally flew flew through the window (laughs) behind me. I've got to tell you, Dave, sorry my friend if you're listening, but Dave learned that day, didn't he? You can't trust Paul (laughs) because he'll let you down. But the truth of the matter is, you can trust God. You can trust Jesus Christ. You can believe in him. You can have faith in the Lord. See, it's not whether he had faith or not, but in Dave's case, he chose to have faith in me, didn't he? Now, I'm not sure had I not been there if God would have caught him. That's real faith, isn't it? But you get my point. Faith grows and grows and grows when we put our trust in the Lord and simply believe. Someone is being called by God this morning to do something, to believe at long last that what he says is true, to have faith and to simply believe. One of those people in the Bible whose faith I find astonishing is Abraham. How could Abraham ever contemplate sacrificing Isaac? How could he trust God that much? Well, it's really easy. Okay, you ready for the really easy explanation? Prior to that point in time, Abraham had spent time with God and had learned through experience that God was loving and could be trusted no matter what. The secret of great faith is not that it's parachuted in on you, boom, and you've got it. It's the fact that from where you are with the very simple things, you trust God for the simple And the small, and he grows it. And you can trust him for more, and more, and more. Want to know what that feels like personally? I remember the day I went into my boss and I resigned in the city. And he looked at me and he went, you're mad. You're mad. 
you'll earn less in a year. This is true. You'll earn less in a year than you were paying in tax. How will you ever survive? And I remember looking him square in the eyes and going, God has it in control. Three months later, he rang me and asked me if I would bless the marriage of his brother. God has it in control, friends. Let's trust him for the small. And this morning, whatever the doubts and worries and anxieties you have or you're facing, however much you feel that you're not worthy of God's love, however much the voice inside your head and your mind is telling you you are not, I declare over you, you are accepted, secure and significant in God. And I'm going to invite you to do something profound. To accept the reality that he has it in control. And to have some faith. What determines whether our faith work works is where our faith is placed. And not how much faith we have. Faith requires us to take a step of trust. And that means acting. Not just agreeing with it mentally, but acting. So this morning, I invite you to start with what God has said to be true and choose to believe. Don't start with how you feel. If you do that, you'll be all over the place. Start with what he says and your feelings will follow. Find out from God what is already true. Choose to believe it, whether it feels true or not. And I promise you, from the bottom of my heart and with all the love of God that I know he has for you, that it will transform your life. Totally transform it. Or to put it another way this morning, we choose to start where we are. And in faith, we believe what he says is true. And we'll do what he tells us. No matter how small or large that seems. And if you do that, by the grace of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit in your life and in this church, God will be revealed. Have faith, friend, and believe. Amen. Let's bring ourselves before the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you. I thank you that the reality of who you are and what you did is not something we can mentally make up. It is just a reality. And so this morning, Lord, I choose to believe what you have already said. And if this is your prayer, I pray that you would, even in your mind or in your mouth, say these words with me. I'm going to use the word I. And if it applies to you, I pray you would adopt this for yourself. I choose, Lord, to believe the truth. That your son died and rose from the dead. That who you say I I am is who I am. That I am accepted, significant and secure in you. I choose to believe the reality that what you are and who you are is true. I choose to place my faith in you, in the small things in life and in the large things too. I choose for you, Lord. And I pray that starting where I am, you, Lord, would take my small act of faith And be glorified. And as you do that. I thank you. That your word says my life will be transformed. Today Holy Spirit. I pray that in the power. In the power that the father gave you. Through the grace that the son showed. That you would work in my life. And I would be transformed. Accepted. Secure. Significant. Because my Father says so. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Friends, we're going to worship and respond to our Lord. Into your hands I commit again.
So the truth is, it, it, when we think of God's tremendous love, it touches us. It moves us. The truth is that believing in the Lord Jesus Christ is not only reality, it's only the only sustainable reality. The truth is that there have been lots of things in the news this week, and we make judgments quickly. But this morning I believe, and thank you for the confirmation of this, that the person just come and spoken to me, that the Lord would say, today's the day that you don't just believe, but that you repent and believe. That you come before the Lord, that we acknowledge all we've done, but we also acknowledge the judgments we've made. Because God's love sustains all, flows over all, heals all. For someone here, I think you've been in judgment of someone. It needs to go. And it needs to go today. So we're going to just simply pray. And then ask Barry to share a, a story of faith. Let's just pray. Father, I pray that your overwhelming love would break our hearts for what breaks yours. And this morning, Lord, we may come before you acknowledging the times we have wandered far from you where we have been sinful, neglectful. Acknowledging the times when we have been judgmental, gossiping people. We come in repentance. Not in a sense of our own piety. But because, Lord, you give us the privilege of coming. And in so doing, I pray that our hearts would break, but that the healing would flow. So this morning, on my life, on behalf of others in this church, on behalf of church, I pray, Lord, break your heart for what breaks, break my heart for what breaks yours. And let healing flow, and flow, and flow, and flow. Let your life flow. Let your spirit flow. May this moment be a moment when we go, Jesus, I believe in you. We're going to respond in that chorus. I invite you, if any of those things are of you, or speak to you, to sing this as your response to your amazing Lord. And come and see me or someone you know and love and trust after this service. Jesus, I belong in you. church in Africa and they called together the whole congregation for a day of prayer because there was famine, the crops were failing and people were struggling terribly and the people prayed and prayed and prayed through this day. Towards the end of the day a little girl arrived and she was carrying an umbrella and they said, why have you got an umbrella? Because I didn't want to get wet going home. She had the faith that turned around that church in their prayer life. The rain came. The little girl got, never got wet. And the crops were fantastic. A childlike faith. It's what we all need, isn't it? It really is. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm going to ask the musicians just to stop playing because let's give this chorus one more time to God before we sing our final piece of worship.
just with our voices. Because he loves to hear us worshipping him. Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I belong to you. You're the reason that I live, the reason that I sing with all I am. So, Lord, I acknowledge that I am who you say I am. That the reality is that scripture, that the word of God, that your revelation tells me who I am. And that whatever the world tells me, even whatever I tell myself, is not the truth. The truth is I am yours. And you are my king and my Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to sing of that reality as our final act of worship. Who am I but the highest king? Well, I am who he says I am. May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead, our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen. To leave a comment, please go to mynheaddashbaptist.com slash sermons. Well, thank you once again for listening, and I'll speak to you soon.